previously on Quest Friends Forever. You know we're going to pass the Petrichor Forest on our way to the Pantheon, right? I guess we're going to have to go. There's a house a few miles outside of town. You know, I don't know why you folks would be refusing such a humble request, especially with the protector of the druids in your midst. If you know about all of this stuff around here, I have questions. No one has called us out like that before, and I didn't know what to do, and I I feel like I failed. You're all shoulder to shoulder. You slowly approach this book, and smoke starts pouring out of the book. Thank you. <laughs> Coming out of this demon, there are four really thin wisps of smoke that come out of his head and go into the ground. You open this little hatch in the ground. You see four individuals in this room who all have kind of illuminated purple wisps of smoke coming out of their heads. So if I can somehow get this group to calm the fuck down, I think we can get the demon to stop. These four folks climb out of this pit in the ground. I think that this house just needs to go away. The eight of you now watch this house go up in a massive bonfire, and it is no longer a house. It is now just a pile of rubble. It's dark when the now fully occupied cart rolls back into view of the downtown city limits. Jared, Val, Stephanie, and Ellie, you are riding horse, 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 and horse, while the rescued downtown citizens Porcupine Pillowcase, Pecan Asphalt, Deputy Sunset, and Deputy Uvula sit or lie in the back of the cart, regaining their strength after their time in demonic captivity. It's not so late at night that everyone in downtown is already asleep, but it's late enough that all the shops are closed and there's no one out on the streets as the horses clop their way into the town square, aka downtown downtown, the same spot you arrived when you first got to this place. Okay, we roll into town. I immediately, I scream. I scream at the town. I scream at the townspeople and everybody in the town because we are currently in the town square. I say, we're back. Give us our fucking money. Hello. Hello. Val shouts behind him. So, also weren't promised any money, but that's okay. Um, Pomegranate Paloma, get your ass out here. We need to talk. (laughs) (laughs) In the town square, you look up and you notice that there is uh, a light still on in the second story office that you know belongs to Cadillac Margarita. And when Jared starts making all kinds of noise, all kinds of fuss, you see the mayor of the town come to the window wearing his trademark, now trademark, uh, white suit, big white hat, big white mustache, etc., etc., does and it still have the spaghetti on it? No. <laughs> it wasn't spaghetti, and no. Uh, he, it, was, he has... it was berries and mead. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, in my head it was spaghetti. Yeah, in mine too. It's fine. Off pod, there was a, there was a spaghetti incident as well. Um, he has since changed. He has several, several of these suits, I believe we established. Is this his nighttime one? Does this look like the nighty version? Of... It's a little more silken, yes. Ah, yes. Is he, since he's uh, up there and he's looking out the window... Is there a way for us to tell if whether or not he's holding like a tea cup and saucer, like he's drinking like a nice, you know, a little bit of chamomile before bedtime kind of thing? He's not holding anything. I don't. You're not, about you sure to do not, your force not, power. There's not any. Cup I know what you're about to do, and you're not going to do it. <laughs> I don't know if he can see us, so I'm going to try to get his attention. Let's drop the base. He's definitely looking. Uh, his arms are okay. folded. He's not holding anything. You sure there's not like a pitcher of warm milk or anything next to the window that could have just, you know, through vibrations of sound, perhaps? He's going to come downstairs, so you'll have more chances. Okay, thanks. So 
his eyes go wide and you see him turn kind of to the side to somebody off camera or somebody I guess you can't see. And uh, he says something. He says a full sentence and then turns back. I read lips, yo. Give me. Stephanie, you can read his lips. And you saw that he said the sentence. I won't do the accent because you didn't hear his accent. But the words he said were, kayak, they're back. Run and tell those other folks we're not going to need their help after all. Oh, no. Is this the E? Oh, I'm sorry. Afad, not Stephanie. Is this the Ian's? Are the he turns, Ian's here? He turns and leaves the window. And he runs, quote, runs, because he's old and not in great shape. He comes downstairs. He ambles down the stairs and opens the door uh, in a big dramatic motion and puts his arms wide. And he goes, well, you made it back after all. You really? You doubted us after, like, after what you said? After, uh, and then I, like, I, I lean in. I'm like, you know who I am. And you still doubted us? He kind of, he reaches out to put a hand on your shoulder, like, like he's very, being very chummy with you. I, I kind of, like, take that step back. It looks real cool. And I'm just kind of like, hmm. When you do this, uh, Ellie also steps in front of you and puts her arm in front of you to kind of, like, Say, like, no, like, you're not going to fucking touch her kind of thing. Ellie's right there. My girl. Um, and Val stands right next to Ellie and, and outreaches a hand to shake his hand. <laughs> Hello. He is uh, overjoyed that you have returned, and he's trying to make a big show of it. Um, the four rescued people have started to climb out of the carts, and some of the people of Nowntown have started to kind of come out of their houses at all this uh, noise. So he sees an opportunity to make, uh, you know, a, pu- a public show of this. So he's like, well, I am so grateful to my saviors. I just, uh, I walk in to the, um, I'm not here for this. So his office is right there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, let's take this inside, shall we? And I like, I kind of like start trying to like get everybody inside. He sees you do this, but he will not miss a chance to make a public show of something. So he very big, very dramatic, reaches out to shake Val's hand. And goes, I am so happy you have brought my people back. I speed walk up. I step in front of Val and I slap his hand out of the way. And then I slap him across the face. (laughs) And then I pull him in for a hug and I whisper, you'll never get away with this. Uh, He's surprised by this, but he's again trying to... (laughs) trying to keep cool in public. He's kind of glancing around, seeing everybody kind of coming out their house and looking Val, at him. Val standing next to Jared puts both hands on where the hips would be and kind of tilts forward to be a little more assertive, like, ooh, how dare you? And while Stephanie, and I'm sure Ellie is kind of like following me. And She's with like, you the whole way. Yeah, I'm going to like try to get the people to come in too. So I, I'm telepathically going to be like, hey, Ellie, let's get these people inside. Um, so they the can like, sit people? down and chill. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ellie hears your telepathic message and starts to walk back over to the rescued downtown citizens who are not dazed, but they're a little out of it because they were, you know, possessed by a demon for a week or captured by a demon for a week. Um, Cadillac Margarita is now being hugged close by Jared, and he whispers back, "Well, well, I'm not sure what you mean," and he tries to kind of start uh, pushing back a little bit to, to free himself from the hug. Do you hold on to him or do you let him go? I let him go. So he, he kind of frees himself and kind of rubs his face a little. And he goes, well, aren't we all just so excited? <laughs> and he, he again looks around at his, his townsfolk 
He goes, all right, all right folks, we're going to have a quick uh, chat upstairs in my office, I believe, and then we will have uh, tomorrow morning. How about we have a big ceremony? How's that sound? We'll uh, commemorate this wonderful day and, uh, you know, celebrate all the things I have done to bring these people back. All right, let's go upstairs. Uh, Stephanie, uh, Stephanie, hard eye rolls and telepathically just, to to Ellie. She looks at you and she nods while she's kind of uh, hurting H-E-R-D, not hurting, but hurting the uh, folks toward the office door. And uh, as they start to come close to the door, uh, you hear a, a shout from down one of the streets, a woman's voice. Porcupine? Porcupine? Is that you? And from down the street, you see someone that Jared recognizes. It is Pebble, the owner of Pebble's Antiques, the store you almost <gasps> robbed, kind of. And again, she is a woman in her early 60s. She's got big, frizzy white hair and big glasses. And she comes uh, running as fast as she can up the street. She is wearing kind of a long nightgown situation. She was in bed. But she runs right up to Porcupine Pillowcase, the tiefling real estate agent, and just throws her arms around her and gives her a very, very tight hug. Aww. Aww. Porcupine Pillowcase gives her a big hug back. And she goes, oh, Pebble, Pebble, I'm, I'm so happy to be home. I'm so happy to see you. Uh, and they share a tender embrace for a moment. And, and that moment is interrupted by a short little robot who squeezes itself in between them and then says, Greetings. I am a Varian Alpha Psionic Altonian Lexotransceiver Unit, model number XFCED001. Drowning but you can the call me Val for short. It's great to meet you. People getting emotional. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pebble pulls back and uh, wipes some tears from her eyes and looks down at Val and says, are you one of the ones that saved her? Hello. And she, sure thing. She then throws her arms around Val, kind of lower, obviously, because Val is lower, and gives Val a big hug and goes, Thank you. Thank you so much for bringing her back to me. Don't worry. You can trust me. I'm friendly and approachable. Porcupine says, Well, I, th- I think we're going to go uh, upstairs and, and talk and, and debrief and tell Cadillac what happened. Um, why, why, don't you, why don't you come along? Come along with me. I don't, I don't want to not be with you anymore we gotta you gotta stay with me please so they take each other's hands and they walk up to the office they're the first ones inside while stephanie's holding the door open they're followed by pecan deputy sunset and deputy uvula and cadillac margarita uh kind of holds his arms out and invites the four of you to enter as well and he will be the last one in i'm gonna hold the door open for everybody but when uh the mayor starts walking in i'm just gonna conveniently like stop holding the door open just in time to where he has to like actually reach out for the door damn god love it he lurches forward and grabs it oh oh well (laughs) almost forgot about old cadillac that's all right let's let's go on upstairs (laughs) i lean back look at him and say no he didn't (laughs) dang shit damn ouch fuck this guy so as soon as the the big door closes his smile kind of fades, and he rubs his cheek where he got slapped, and he's like, ow, dang dang it, what the hell? Uh, and his public demeanor has kind of faded, and now he's the real Cadillac, and he climbs the stairs up toward his office, where everyone is now waiting. Can you describe the office? How many chairs are there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, where are the horses at this point by, where, by proximity to where we are currently? Uh, Ellie yeah. g- guided them to can a hitching post Can I see the horses right from the before... window, so if I throw something out, the horse can catch it? I, that would be amazing if the horse could catch it because they're just regular horses. But Ellie guided them to a hitching post 
just before she came in, so they are fine and they are safe. And there's really just no reason to bring them up anymore. So now, if I inspect the room, will I find any bones? Uh, any only inside bones. people's bodies. Oh, interesting. Where they, thankfully, interesting. where they should be. So you go into this office. There is uh, only two chairs in front of his big wooden oak desk that he... Are there probably... any outside in the hallway? Uh, yeah, there are two chairs also right outside the door. Cool. To, I grabbed uh, those two. Kind of waiting room. I grabbed those two and I like put them in there uh, for the um, the four victims to sit down. Oh, nice. Okay. Is there one nice chair behind the desk implying that it's his chair? Yes. It's a big, uh, much more comfortable chair than the other four. I take that chair and I put it out in the hallway. (laughs) (laughs) So he's walking into his office. He's the last one up the stairs. And then I stand in front of the chair, almost sort of like a menacingly guarding the chair to make sure that nobody grabs the chair. So he's the last one in, and he is trying to step into his office right as Val is dragging this big uh, red chair outside. And he's like, (laughs) oh, well, that one needs to be inside, I think. Um, As he's talking, Val lifts up the chair now, is holding the chair in midair. Okay, well, you're taking it back inside? Cool. Yeah, let's just follow me. We could just take that. Val then takes one step towards the handrail above the staircase. And then Val just waits for a response. Okay, well, just go ahead and turn around and just put that right back in. And we can uh, start this little meeting y'all want to have. And um... and the chair goes over the railing and crashes down on the first floor of the building. So long. And then turns around <laughs> and goes inside. He just kind of stands there dumbfounded and doesn't know what to say for the first time in his life, perhaps. And looks down over the railing at his... Uh, chair that shattered when it hit the ground below and goes what the hell and then almost comedically val then turns around and then stands next to him looking down at the chair and just goes ouch and then turns around and walks in the room he uh sighs quite annoyed because now this is like the fourth time you've fucking done something to him (laughs) and he's like Like, all right let's just this is on you stop making annoying npcs yeah i Love my son, Cadillac Margarita, but it's okay. <laughs> You're the only one, not he is a fan my, favorite, clearly. See, ninth favorite NPC of all time, number one being DJ and number two through eight being the Ians. But um, So he enters the office kind of muttering under his breath, what, what the hell's going on? All right, all right, all right. And he shuts the door behind him and he walks behind his desk where his chair should be and he kind of looks down and looks around and then just decides to <laughs> lean forward on the desk with his hands. So... uh. Seems like some people have something they want to say, so why don't we just go ahead and get it out then? I yell, you're a fake. Well, I don't agree with that. I don't think I have done anything fake. Uh, who else wants to go? Val assertively points a hand at him next to Jared to reinforce Jared's point and shouts, Hello. All right. <laughs> uh, interesting. A rebuttal. All right. And he kind of shrugs. Somebody else, go ahead. Apparently you got things on your chest. Let's get them out. I thought we were coming up here to celebrate, but apparently y'all are mad about something. I, I, I can't for the ding-dang life of me figure out what happened. I thought this was a happy occasion. You rescued some folks. These folks need a rescue, and you provided that service. It's a wonderful I mean, day. Absolute, absolutely. We are very happy that they are safe, thanks to us. Um, not so thanks happy to all of us, condi- I'm pretty sure. About the conditions that we necessarily left in. But before we continue that conversation... I think that these people are entitled to some sort of compensation uh, for their emotional um, toil, uh, physical and emotional toil that they've gone through the past. How long have y'all been missing? 
porcupine says, uh, you told us it was about a week? Yeah, about a week. So not to mention the awful emotional trouble that all of their loved ones have gone through. Um, they're going to be taken care of, right? Because this was indeed your idea for this road and to go to this abandoned, haunted, very awful house. Haunted? And I'm I'm assuming that every all of these people um, look really awful and bad because they probably haven't eaten for a week. They are bruised. They've been probably like missing some clumps of hair and shit, like their clothes are torn. They've been fighting in that pit for like a week. So my goal is to bring attention back to that, not to the mayor. All right. Well, yeah, sure. We can we can do that. I mean, I don't even know there was a, a is it haunted? I mean, I don't you didn't tell me what happened yet. Um, well, I think that we should hear about their experience first. You kind of motion over toward the the four folks plus Pebble who has now joined and Deputy Sunset, the uh halfling, looks down and says, "Well, it was it was all kind of a blur, um, but we we went in that house, Cadillac, like you told us, and boy, it was just it was not great, man. I gotta say, it was it was pretty bad in there, and uh, we got captured by a, by a book, a talking book, and everything kind of went hazy after that until these folks pulled us out of a pit. But I'm I don't feel so great, and I I did some terrible things that I don't care to remember. And she just some, stops talking. Is there some sort of medical attention that they can, um, um, one of us can direct them to, or that they can go to in town right now? What? Well, sure. Um, we got we got our our town uh, medical guy. We don't say doctor because we got some folks named doctor who ain't doctors. But our our town uh, medical hmm. expert, I guess. We can go see Doorframe Echo, and uh, you know they can. Old Doorframe can fix them up. See the one at the Band Aid Barn. Oh, you know the Band-Aid Barn. Yeah. See, I, I had you pegged all wrong. You're a you're a solid dude. Hmm. Great, excellent. So this will be um, at no cost to them, correct? Sure, sure. I'm I'm a giver. That's no problem. And any sort of therapy that they are going to need after this week will also be at no cost to them, correct? Trust me, young lady. I take care of my citizens. Plus the overtime because they never technically clocked out. So that's a lot of. Hours worked. We could work that's on a lot that. Of wages on the back end. I think that seems secondary to their uh, health and their mental they capacities. Probably, their vision insurance is probably up right now too. They could probably be taken care of. Yeah, we'll work on their uh, HMOs. Sorry, I'm, ta- well, I'm not talking. I don't, I don't know who's talking. So I can't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I shouldn't respond to not you. Not to mention their rent. This was the end of the month. It was the last week of the month, so they're late. So late fees for sure. Their library books haven't been turned in yet. I'm going to look over at whoever seems to be the or the person that, I guess, spoke um, porcupine. Deputy right? Sunset. Deputy Sunset. Sorry. Um, and I'm going to say, make sure he's true to his word. And if he's not, let me know. But I'm sorry that you guys experienced this. And please go get medical attention. Deputy Sunset nods. And then she turns and looks at Cadillac. Kind of like, is it is it cool if we go? He's like, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Of course, y'all, y'all head over to uh, to door frames, and uh, he'll he'll make sure y'all are uh, you know in one piece, and um, you know uh, to get some rest after that. Go to your homes, get some rest, and then why don't y'all come back tomorrow morning, and uh, we'll we'll get the the debrief done. But I feel like you know you folks probably need probably need your rest, you know. And Deputy Sunset just nods and doesn't say anything, and stands up and starts to walk out. So long. It sounds so shitty when you do that sometimes. Like you're you're being sassy. <laughs> so long. <laughs> um, it's not me, it's Siri. 
Blame, blame Apple. Well, don't don't say Siri. We're not using it's. Oh, sorry, it's fair S- use. Sorry, it's Sarah. Yeah, it's our Sarah. friend Sarah. Um, the others get up and start to follow, and Pebble gets up with Porcupine. And who's closest to the door then, out of everybody? Val is standing uh, in front of the closed door, being a big old hunk of metal, so that it's not very easy for the door to be opened. Once they're out, they're still in the room. We're trying to get them out. They're about to walk out. That's why I'm asking who's near okay, the door. Well, when they walk out, Val closes the door. So Val, you're closest to the door as they're walking out then? That, stop, yeah, yes. That's, stop yeah, skipping yes. ahead. Yes. Um, <laughs> Pebble, the owner of the antique shop who gave you a hug outside, uh, turns to you and pats you on the glass dome one more time and says, why don't y'all come see me before you leave? I'm gonna, I want to do something for you folks. You, you folks have done so much for me and I want to I wanna do something for you. Val kind of bounces up and down at once sort of like a like a like a peppy like a hey and then says sure thing she smiles and the five of them the four captives former captives and pebble walk out now val what are you gonna do with the door now val closes the door and then stands in front of the door so that it can't be opened without val moving and then the green glass dome turns red are you remembering like uh your your bouncer training from discotech Yes. Thinking back to all the things <laughs> yeah. huge McBig taught you. I am, I, am, I, am, I am now into fantasy ID check protocol 420. That's the name of the protocol. Oh, okay. I thought you were just telling us to blaze it. Well. Are, are all the protocols at Discotech uh, named 420 because of DJ? There's only two of them. What numbers are they? 420. Uh-huh. And 69, obviously. Oh, shit. I thought we were going to do a, a different one, but that's, that's a pretty funny number. Four, 421. Ah, uh, okay. Ah. Uh. Okay, so they have left the room. The door is now shut. Val is guarding the door, and uh, it's you four standing inside now with Cadillac Margarita. Okay. And he, he has his arms folded across his chest. He looks kind of annoyed, and he's just looking around, like, waiting for somebody to say something like, well. First question, why couldn't you just go around the house, the big, the big scary house? I'm sorry. So you're saying there was a haunted house out there in the middle of this road? Yeah, and you just wanted me, you want me to just build a road that kind of goes around a haunted house. I mean, <laughs> uh, those people went through hell. You better take care of them. I will. I, you know, I'm not mayor by accident. I take care of people. Mm-hmm. And I just cross my arms and I say, so, so what's the deal? What can you tell me? You said that you had it. I did a thing for you. We did a thing for you. I'm sorry. We did a thing for you. Um, you can give us that information now. Just tell me so we can get out of your hair. We have places to be. At this point, I would enjoy you getting out of my hair, honestly, with all the shenanigans y'all have been doing. Points to Val. This one especially. When he points to Val, Val leans over to the left a little bit, just enough to not leave the front of the door, but enough to grab one of the now empty chairs uh-huh. and then just picks it up and holds it in front of Val. Just, I'm just holding a chair now. As like a threat? Yeah. He says, I, I'm a businessman by trade and I thought we were just coming to some kind of business agreement. Y'all seem to have some kind of problem with the way I do business. And you know what? I can't, I guess I can't change your minds on that, but our business is almost complete. So why don't we just have this quick conversation and then you could just get the hell out of my town because I'm grateful for what you did, but y'all are, you know, y'all are difficult sometimes. I gotta say. Likewise. I, I jump in with my perfect impression with my actor. Y'all are difficult sometimes. That's what you sound like. <laughs> That's what you sound like. But it's really just your voice. I'm repeating it back to you. Do you hear yourself? That's exactly what you sound like. 
garbage. That's an amazing first use of that talent. Thank you. It's wonderful. See, this is, that's, this is what I'm talking about with y- y'all. Okay, fine, fine. You want to know, any points at Stephanie, about your forest, right? About your Petrichor forest. Uh-huh. Well, all I know is that uh, a few years back, there was talks of an attempted hostile takeover of the council, I believe you would call it. There was a rumor that a few of the folks up there uh, died. They were killed in this uh, this attempted coup d'etat. But uh, order was eventually restored, from what I understand. It's not chaos over there. Um, you know, <laughs> might have been easier on them if they had their protector around. But hey, you know, seems like it worked out fine for them anyway. You hear the chair that Val's holding creak because there's just a little bit more tension between where Val's holding it. It's not broken yet. But it creaks. I'm very pissed, and it is very, uh, very apparent. Ellie reaches over and puts a hand on your shoulder and kind of squeezes, like, it's okay. He continues, Since then, it seems like they've become even more reclusive since that incident. Uh, no one in Nantown has seen an elf druid in, in years. That's why my curiosity was piqued when you rolled into town with your hodgepodge group. Beyond that, I'm afraid I don't know anymore. I mean, you know better than anyone that you're kind of a secretive bunch. I mean, I'm willing to bet you're not the most forthcoming person, even to your friends here. Wait, that's your big information? That's it? An attempted coup? That's I'm pretty big. You, you didn't check. know? I slam my hand on the desk and I say, baloney. Below me? Baloney. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a 17 to insight. Oh, okay. I didn't realize you were rolling insight. Uh, are you trying to read him? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, he's a piece of shit, but it doesn't seem like he is lying. You, you don't get any reads of him uh, holding anything back. Um, how did you obtain this information? How does anyone obtain any information? Rumors? Uh, whispers? Cool. Who was spreading the rumors? Look, we are, uh, we are a town through which many people travel. This is a bit of a... It would be a port town if there was a port nearby. I don't know the land equivalent, but think of it just like that. Um, we get people in here, you know, from across the bridge. We get people going the other way on the bridge. A lot of people come through here and trade their wares. We get a lot of travelers. We hear a lot of stories. It's been, you know, shit, eight years since this happened? Seven, eight years? I don't remember who it was. Travelers. All right. So I could have gotten this information literally from anybody. But you didn't. Thank you for... You did not, though. Thank you for not caring about me or my people. And, um, you know, stalling me from getting back to my people, to helping them or anything. That's really appreciated. Goodbye. And I just walk out of the office. So long. He's calling after you as you leave. I'm sorry you feel like helping people is stalling. Sorry you feel like you have to blackmail people. That's such order- a strong and, word. And I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying this as we go down and I'm just like, you're... You're awful. I hate you. This is bullshit. Like, my negative to charisma is really shining as we're going down the steps. Yeah, Ellie's kind of holding your arm. Sort sort of like a, no, no, he's not worth it. He's not worth it, man. Kind of pulling you along. (laughs) This is like a drunken bar fight about to happen. Yeah. I walk out and I say, oh, one last thing. I'm an asshole in your voice. And I walk out. That's pretty good. (laughs) Ouch. As we're leaving with my hella good perception, is there anything that looks like quick and easy and like a little bit valuable that I could just like grab? 
So halfway down the stairs between the first and second story, there is a, a painted portrait of Cadillac Margarita standing behind his desk looking stately that he has put up here to remind people that he is in fact the mayor. As we go, I'm going to use um, control flames boop, 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 to um, burn little devil horns and a little tail on the thing. And That's pretty we sick. Just, yeah. Nice. Val leaves with the chair. <laughs> just fucking taking it. So you walk back down to the street to the horses? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, it's only been a few minutes since you went up in the office. So... You just kind of look down the street, and you can tell that the light is on inside Pebble's antique shop. Like, maybe they went over there first, before they went over to the, the medical officers. Cool. We're going to stop over there real quick. So yeah, Jared, you remember where the shop is, uh, since you have been there. Oh, yeah. Should I lead the way? Sure. Okay. I lead the way to the shop. You point out that the light is still on, and you head down there. The door is unlocked, obviously, since I just went in. A little bell dings when you she uh, open the door. She installed a bell to stop people from sneaking in her shop since this morning. Um, Jared. Was, wait, was that this morning? Yeah. Jesus, what a long day. <laughs> or no, maybe it was the... No, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. It's a oh, long okay. series of days. And Pebble and Porcupine are just sitting in two chairs behind the counter across from each other. Pebble is leaning forward and has her hands on Porcupine's knees and just like looking at her while they're talking. And as soon as they hear you, as soon as they hear the bell jingle, they turn and they look at you. And they both smile, happy to see you. Val walks up right next to where they're sitting and puts the chair down next to them that I stole and okay. sits in the <laughs> chair and sits in the chair right next to them. So it's just like, I'm just part of the group now. And I put my hand up and I say, hello. Pebble says, well, hello again. Thank you for coming back. Thank you again so much. And she stands up and she hugs Val again and walks over to Jared and hugs Jared and walks over to Ellie and hugs Ellie and Stephanie and hugs Stephanie. Doesn't even care if you're not into the hug, returning it. But she just gives you <laughs> big old, big old hugs. I- I've been so worried, but yeah, you you've just brought all the happiness back into my life. Thank you so much. You folks seem like you're gonna uh, hit in the road. I don't feel like you're probably staying in downtown after all this. No. Oh dear. No, thank you. Man, you're mayor. Anyways. Bad vibes. For sure, for sure. Um, no, but we're going to be leaving, and we just wanted to say goodbye, make sure you're fine. Um, are you fine? I don't know. Uh, and I cast Goodberry, and just like, are you hung? Do you need, like, do you, like, is this? And I, like, just kind of, like, put them into the lap of Porcupine, and here, these will help. Um, they also heal one HP each. I'm familiar with Goodberry. It's a fucking ridiculous spell. You just create berries for people to eat. It's wonderful. Yeah. It probably wouldn't have been a good idea to create those and then smash them into the mayor because then that also would have given him health. Yeah, no. no it would so, be funny, but again, not not the point. Porcupine holds out her hands and accepts these berries and goes, "Oh, uh, th- thank you. That's that, that's very nice. Uh, <laughs> sweet charisma move." Uh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Pebble turns to Jared and says, "What? Well, I guess you were right after all. You were here on a uh, hero business, huh?" I was. I told you. I, you know, I you should you, trust me. You're right. I had you pegged wrong. I'm. You know, it's been an emotional week for me, and you know, I just it's been a little over, over the place. I'm sorry. I didn't trust you. Thank you. Thank you so much for 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 doing this. You are. You really are a hero. Thank you for being here on Hero Business. And since y'all are heroes, and y- y'all seem like the adventuring type, I feel like you're going to move on and 
do something else for somebody else somewhere? Is that? Bingo. Sure yes. thing. All right. Well, I got something here in my shop that I've been holding on to, but I feel like maybe this will help y'all on your, on your travels. So why don't, why don't I, why don't I dig it out? And she mm-hmm. goes into the, the back room very briefly and you hear some boxes being moved around and some chairs being scooted and you hear something fall off a, a shelf and crash. And she goes, I'm all right. Are you okay? Oh my goodness. I'm good. I'm good. And after a minute, she comes back out holding a book. Uh-huh. This book is a white leather book with a black star on the cover. And she holds it out to Jared. What is this? They call this a wish diary. So <laughs> Eric's face is just like incredible right now. Interesting. Why is it called a wish diary? Well, it's it's quite magical. And since, I mean, you with the berries over there, you might know too, because if you're magic, but it, it does magic stuff. So the way it works is you draw something on the page, you rip the page out, you crumple it up, you throw it on the ground, and then the page becomes what you wish for. It manifests. It transforms. It's pretty cool, right? A Death Note situation. I mean, just kidding. I don't know what that show More is. like a Laugh Note. For. Yes. That's great. That's gorgeous. How many pages does it have? Well, it is pretty old, and I did get it second, maybe third hand. There's only four pages left in it. So I'm afraid it's not going to be like a, like a catch-all for y'all, but, you know, maybe, maybe something someday can, uh, you know, can help you out the only thing is that it can't be bigger than the page like you can't wish for like a dragon that'd be that'll be ridiculous hmm. but anything page sized or smaller what about a little dragon who can grow in size in a matter of minutes that would be a very specific drawing i suppose i don't know how you would incorporate that into the drawing itself I, but i'm good at schematics i i believe you i believe anything you say now hero thank so, you for this gorgeous dream book wish diary sure yeah same thing oh yeah for sure so, you know, use it well. I mean, I if hope... it's technically changing hands, he can change the title of, of what that, it's That's true. To. I don't know why I responded to the character again, because you're not <laughs> So, once again, I thank you so much for bringing my, my porcupine home, and I wish y'all great luck, and I hope you can help other people the way you help me. Sure thing. Um, good luck, and thank you, and um, go to the doctor. Is very important and uh, talk to talk about what happened because it's hard. Um, and not that I mean, uh, talking itself is hard. Wow. Um, okay. Porcupine uh, laughs and she goes, "Don't worry, I'll, I'll be okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna get the help I need. Thank thanks to you. Thank you so much." Okay. Val stands up in front of Porcupine and puts both arms out like a kid does when they want when they want a hug. And Val says, "Thank you for your assistance. You've been a great help." And goes in for a hug. She hugs back. She goes, no, no, thank you for your assistance. You got me out of that terrible hole, and I will always be grateful. Sure thing. And then Val leaves without the chair. They just got a, they acquired a new chair. They're going to mark it up and sell it. Yeah, it's good. Hopefully sell it back to the mayor at a very high premium. Who's now in the market for several chairs. Yes, he, I happen to know somebody who needs a chair, FYI. Like, damn, I can't talk anymore. And, ow. Maybe they'll get all of that that I just said by just saying hello. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it makes sense. Context right? clues. They'll figure it out. Stephanie lets out a big breath, a big sigh, and then we leave and leave town. Watch, we end up in proper noun town. My God. I mean, people's their names would just be names. Like, hi, I'm Steve. I know, it's just yeah. a regular town. That's yeah, the, just, that's the just the a town. Hi, I'm Carl. <laughs> 
The twist. Well, but then the stores are also. Oh, I went to Carl the other day, and right. I got I got a Jeff, and a Jeff is a chair. <laughs> right. So you head back over to the carts and your your horse core, and start to load up, and. Porcupine and Pebble come back out of the shop, stand on the porch to kind of see you off. And a couple more townspeople have come out. Again, it's kind of commotion, kind of big deal. These people are back. So some people are standing outside. Some people are talking still. Um, you look around and this crowd kind of forms as you're loading up the cart to leave and, and mounting the horses. You see Dr. Pizza come out of his shop with his son, Cheese, who you did not get to meet, but I wrote him down. So you have to know about him. <laughs> I wave at Dr. Pizza. Hello. He waves back. You see Neck Questionnaire holding his ribs, still a little tender, with a smile on his face. Gives a, a wink and a point. And I point back at him, and I... Let's see what I want to do. Uh, don't, don't hurt Neck Questionnaire anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I point... I, I do sort of like a... If a robot with not fingers, but just like claws for hands, does like a finger gun gesture at him and goes... Ouch. And then, and then kind of like gestures up and down to like to look like a chuckle almost he laughs knowingly but the laugh hurts his ribs so he kind of grimaces again you see talent lighthouse leaning against the side of a building his arms folded and his face very stern but a single tear rolling down his cheek Ooh, dramatic he then tries to check his pocket watch to see what time it is but he can't seem to find it you look up and you see cadillac margarita in the window his arms folded watching you until he just turns around in disgust and leaves the window and you start pulling away with this lovable cast of characters that we've come to know and love since episode seven. And they're all waving goodbye. And you get a, some distance away, still within earshot, kind of. And out of the uh, hotel you stayed at, seven people come out of it all at once. And you hear a familiar voice say, What's this I hear about you no longer needing our expert assistance? Mm. As Magic Ian is confused about why he and his friends will not be needed anymore. I fucking called it. Are they traveling now? I thought they were like the the people over in uh, DJ Town, small town. You're riding away, so is it? Is it? Would it be like bedtime for the mayor at this point? Now that all the commotion's done, his time. Oh, it's late. It's late. Okay. And you're as we leave town, the one last thing that Val wants to do is to cast dancing lights in his bedroom. How do you know where his bedroom can do, is? Can I do that? How do you know where his oh, bedroom is? True. Damn. You can put him in his office. Okay, I'll do uh, rave lights in his office. And the last thing you hear in now town is a very faint, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> and you have left this town behind. So long. Oh, hi. I didn't see you come in. Welcome to the Quest Friends Forever Lounge. My name is Danny, your DM and also your DJ, spinning the soft jazz music that people listen to in lounges? I'm not sure, but here's the mid-episode hello. Let's do some business real quick. Hey, are you on the internet? Sure, we all are. Even us, Quest Friends Forever. We're on sites like Instagram and YouTube and Twitter. Why don't you head over there and check out the content we have to offer for you on those things. You'll get updates when new episodes come out. You'll get cool fan art. You'll get maybe some other art and maybe some other stuff we've got coming soon. Watch this space. So go ahead and head to those sites and maybe give us a follow, a like, a subscribe, whatever you choose to do. That would be pretty sweet. 
And hey, while you're clicking around the internet, why don't you click over to your favorite podcast app of choice and give us a rating and or a review. That would help our podcast quite a bit, reach more listeners, so more people can enjoy this fun stuff, our fun brand of bullshit that we bring you week after week. That would help a lot. Five stars seems like a good number, but you'd be the judge, but it should probably be five, but you'd be the judge. Make it five. Also, the Nostalgia Network. It's a podcast network. We're on it www.thenotstalgianetwork.com is where you can find out more about shows like Quest Friends Forever, the one you're listening to right now, or shows like Nostalgia, where Jessica and Eric, aka Jared and Stephanie from our show, talk about movies and remakes, or the Lousy Advice podcast, where Eric, aka Jared, still, and his band, Lousy Advice, talk about music and make all kinds of fun lists and debate things, and it's a real fun time. Again, that website is www.thenostalgianetwork.com. I mean, again, you're already on the internet, might as well click over there too. And that's it. Let's get back to it. It's like 100 degrees in my apartment right now, so I'm going to go lay down in front of a fan or something. Meanwhile, you stay here and listen to this episode. Bye. After leaving downtown, you ride in a southwest-ish direction for a whole uneventful day, which is a rare occurrence for your group which has seemingly had to jump into some kind of action every single day since you met. The scenery starts becoming more and more familiar to Stephanie and Ellie as you go, with the Petrichor Forest getting closer by the hour. Their knowledge of the area helps the two elves pick out a safe and secluded spot off the road to make camp for the evening, and with the moon approaching high midnight, the cart ambles to a stop in a small grassy clearing surrounded by trees on all sides. It's chilly out, but not too cold, and the faint buzzing of insects and the occasional cause of far-off birds are the only sounds that cut through the still night air. Stephanie, you know this will likely be your last sleep before reaching your destination, as the Petrichor Forest is now just about a day away. Does anyone want to do anything, or is it off to bed right away? Val wants to make sure that Horse, 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 and Horse, the Horse Corps, because they've been so helpful in our journey so far, that, you know, they're, they're part of the team. Val wants to go and make sure that they're okay, too. You know, there's been a long ride. They've been literally pulling us the entire time. So Val is just also very short, so can't really reach up to, like, pet the horses on their head. So Val is just up and petting, like, the horse's legs. And I wish I had more music that I could, like, I wish I had, like, a soothing tone music that I could play or, like, a, a Starry Night or something like that. Just a, you know, I just want, I have a, a, a very faint, very small uh, little dancing lights thing. Just not, not enough to scare the horses, but enough to like sort of like entertain them a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I'm just making sure that, the, you know, they're, they're part of the team too, so they should feel appreciated. A faint dancing lights. I like that. It's like, think of it like a glowing orb that fits inside of the size of your palm. Just a little small okay. thing for them to go ooh and ah at. Ooh and ah, yeah. As horses would say. So, nay and nah. There you go. Jared, you're just going right to bed? I'm going to sleep. I'm tired. Out. Okay. Stephanie? Yeah, I just set up camp. Okay. Uh, as you're making camp, which I assume is just kind of some, some bedrolls on the ground situation. I mean, it is a nice spot that you found. It's grassy and it's, you know, as good as you can hope for for sleeping outside. So you're setting up your bedrolls and uh, Ellie, who has been pretty quiet this whole time, sets up hers right next to Stephanie and kind of get, gets in and uh, is still sitting up. And she just looks over at Stephanie and she goes, "Hey, um, I'm I'm really sorry. For what? Well, back in the downtown when that mean mayor guy called you out, I didn't 
I didn't do anything about it. And I know that's like the whole reason you have me out here. Um, and I, I feel like I just, I didn't, I didn't step in and do Wait. my job and I feel like you, I let you down. You think that's the only reason why I asked you to come and hang out with me? Well, not the only reason, but you know, that's like, that's our, that's our whole thing. That's our, that's our gimmick is, you know, I'm, I'm the one who's supposed to like, you know, say that I'm, it's me and I'm the one doing stuff. And I, I didn't, I, I put the spotlight on you and I know that's not what you want. To be fair, you didn't put the spotlight on me. That was that shitty mayor that um, I think we can all agree is an asshole. Yeah, I'm not but, a fan, I gotta say. Yeah, no, um, I was very happy with everything that Val did. Val was like a real champ. Um, yeah, yeah, they've got they've got kind of a kind of a streak to them, don't they? <laughs> uh, no, um, that's not your fault. I wasn't. I I also did not expect that. Um, I would never be mad at you. You have been helping me for a long time, and ten years I don't now, think yeah. we've ever been. We've never really been directly called out like that. No, I know. That's why I was freaked out. Yeah, that was a little bit intense, honestly. So, no, I I would never be mad at you. You've always been so nice to come and be the only person that I can trust. Like. For, I mean, what, since we were kids? She laughed. Like, She's like, yeah, I know. Everybody's I know. always, like, made this big-ass deal about whatever chosen one, and you're the only one that, like, just wanted to, like, make flowers with me. Make flowers bloom. That was cool. That is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm sorry that I put you in that situation. You should never feel bad about that. Well... I mean, I, I know what I signed up for, you know, so it's it's okay. You don't have to apologize. It's just, I wanted to, I just wanted to say that. And I want you to know that it's, it's not going to happen again. You know, uh, whatever is waiting for us in the forest, whatever is waiting for us in Absalom, nothing bad will happen to you, okay? No matter what happens, I'm with you. You know, even protectors need a protector, right? <laughs> so I, I got you. Ellie. What? Don't do. You, are you saying goodbye? No, are you? Are no, you like what? No. Okay. 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 No. Well, I, I'm. I'm I, with I, you. I, that's the opposite I, of a goodbye. Sorry, that just sounded like a like a oh, self-sacrificing no, 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 no. speech. And like I'm. Look, I need you, girl. Um, and I grab her hands. Um, and I like look at her very intensely, and I say, "Nothing bad is going to happen to you either. We have had each other's backs, and we've made it through everything, and." You know, this is probably going to be one of the most awkward things that we've done together. Going yeah, back gonna home, be weird. where people—it's going to be very weird. But um, I got you, and nothing bad is going to happen to either of us. I don't know. I've gotten pretty good at that, like that moonbeam thing. Did you see that? Like that was pretty tight. I mean, just—I—I I cut down one of those gargoyles. You see me? I'm getting pretty handy. You know? Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. Even like facing skeletons and stuff, we're not the same elves. Uh, that we were when we left. I still don't so, love skeletons, um, I gotta say. I, I'd rather, you know, not do that anymore, but... Sure. But, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if we need to, like, really be, like, afraid of anybody anymore. Not that we were ever afraid, but, like, we're we're different. They don't they don't know who's coming. So, we'll figure out that. what's happening. She smiles when you say that. She's like, yeah, you're right. You know what? We, we got this. You're damn right. And she kind of perks up, like, I, I said it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Very so, nice. 
what are we gonna do and i like i pull out like the the necklace and now that i know um i have that information about the people from like the high council being offed what are we gonna do about this do you think it's him edric do you think it's him do you think like because there was a coup there was a thing i mean I mean, he He's was already always... in charge, so at least he was, like, the head of the council. I mean, it doesn't seem does... like a, a war zone over here so far, you know? Like, I don't know. I think we're just going to have to figure it out I when look we get down there. at the blood. I look at the blood on the necklace, and I'm like, I know that we're not the same elves that we were when we left, and I don't think our home is the same. So we got to be ready. I am. I am too. After this very nice conversation, Ellie tucks herself into her bedroll for a night of full rest. And Stephanie, you do the same? Yeah. I do that and um, I'm feeling maybe a little bit scared. Um, So I kind of snuggle up next to Ellie. It's very nice. She welcomes it. Mm. Smash cut. Jared, you're standing on the top of a castle wall. Fuck yeah. It is the middle of the night, and you are looking out over a large battlefield. Down below, a massive army of orcs is charging straight toward your castle, screaming guttural war cries as they raise their swords into the air menacingly. You are alone at the top of this castle wall, and you are standing behind a huge ballista made entirely of solid gold, which is not usually what ballistas are made out of. The ballista is not loaded, but there is a large stack of something piled up to your right covered by a burlap sack. What do you I do? Go, I go over and I pull off the burlap. You pull off the burlap sack and you reveal a huge pile of bolts, which are like the big arrows the ballista fires. And laying on top of that big pile of bolts is a tired-looking halfling who is asleep. And it is, yes, the same one who has been in your dreams. I reach out and I grab the halfling's shoulder. He opens his eyes. I ask, what are you doing here? He opens his mouth to speak, but then, before he can say anything, your face suddenly starts to feel very, very itchy, Jared. Not like from a rash, but like constant light tickling, and it is so persistent that you suddenly cannot focus on anything else, and the halfling looks at you confused and closes his mouth. I then, I, instead of grabbing his shoulder, I push the halfling. He stumbles backwards onto the bolts. I say, who are you? He goes to talk again. But when he talks, it's like static, and you just can't hear it because your face is just covered in this itchy feeling. Um, okay. In the distance, the orcs roar. I grab one of the arrows from the pile, the bolts. I throw it into the big arrow barista. Ballista. And I, I aim it down at the front, the front line of orc uh, warriors, and I aim it directly dead center on the line, and I pull it. I shoot it. You fire this ballista, and it is 100% accurate. And not only is it accurate, but when it hits the front line, it explodes. Like it was some kind of missile taking out a large swarth of this front line of orcs. I grab another, and I aim towards the middle of the orc line, and I fire. The second bolt has the same result. It goes flying into the middle of this orc horde and explodes, and many of the orcs go flying in the air. And as you look on victoriously, your face is overcome with the itching again. 
Um, yeah, I grab a third bow and I'm like, bam, bam. This one you fire, this one is a misfire because you are now so overcome with this itching on your face that you can't even really keep your eyes open. You're kind of like making weird, scrunchy faces and you fire off, but it goes sailing over the orc horde into the distance with the halfling looking on, not saying anything. I turn to the halfling and I try to get out. Why have you done this? He speaks and he says something, but all you hear is static because you cannot focus. Your face is the itchiest it's ever been in your entire life. Itchy, itchy. Why am I so itchy? I start itching my face. As you scratch your face and kind of scrunch your eyes, you, in real life, wake up to find your hands kind of batting at your face. And you find that the uh, culprit of this, there is a fly buzzing around your face. Ah. You swat at it a few times, trying to scratch at it. No luck. Until the fly lands on your upper chest. And when it does this, it begins to change, Jared. This fly suddenly starts growing and morphing shape and becoming much larger than the fly shape it was originally in. And as you watch on in complete confusion, having just woken up, it becomes a fully grown half-elf woman who is now sitting on your chest, knees on your shoulders to hold you down. Okay, hot. Stop it. She puts her finger to her lips with her left hand as a smirk grows across her face. Okay, with her hot. Right hand, stop it. With her right hand, she presses the tip of a dagger against your throat. <gasps> oh, no. This is in the dream? No, you woke up. This is in real life. You are groggy, Jared, having just woken up in real life. Oh, fuck. And that it is sucks. dark here in your little camp. But even still, okay. you recognize this woman. You recognize her as the leader of the gang who tried to rob Discotech. You recognize oh, no her shit. as the owner of the bloodstained necklace that Stephanie pulled out of a chest at the robber's hideout. Whoa. You recognize her as Barrymore. This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. Visit thenostalgianetwork.com for more. Don't you hate when you're watching one of your favorite movies and think, whoa, that didn't age well? Or when you see a reboot of your childhood fave and think, did we really need this? Honestly, same. same. That's why we started the Nostalgia Podcast. A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens. That's Jessica Tercero. And that's Eric Lefebvre. Come join us for our bi-weekly conversations about pop culture reboots centered around things like... The patriarchy. Systemic racism. Harmful stereotypes and overgeneralizations. And really just distinguishing when people just need to sit this one out. Listen in on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. That's Nostalgia, spelled N-O-T-S-T-A-L-G-I-A. Get it? Not-stalgia. Like nostalgia, but with an extra T, so it's like not-stalgia. <laughs> follow us for fun, critical conversations about media. And remember, stay cute. And stay critical. Bye! Bye.